life with all its complexities. It can either be lived or it can be survived. The question is, where do you fall? Now, God's plan for you and I is for us to live life abundantly. But how do we get there? Now, welcome to the podcast. You see, our goal at Live Alive is to encourage, empower, and equip you to live life without limits and discover how to live alive. God bless you, Live Alive family. It's Elder Patrick Lyons on the line with you, and I'm just so excited to be back on. I I took some time off, had to regulate some things, but now we are back in full throttle. And today I really just want to do something that is really unusual. I had broke away from a series, but I really just want to dig in this concept. I want to dig in something God had really dropped in my heart. Um, there's going to be moments in this broadcast where you're going to see a keep it real or a transparency moment. A keep it real or a transparency moment will happen when we discover that there are um, truths and experiences that take place in my personal life. And it's going to create a platform for a message to be expressed. It's going to be, in a a sense, me allowing you into my day-to-day life um, to see uh, what content you can grow from through my experience as I try to grow in God and move forward in Him. Um, I really don't want to waste any time. So here, let's, let's just dig in. Today, I really want to address this whole idea, this whole concept, this whole mindset Uh, I really want to address this mindset of, um, I guess what I would call it is false innocence. I really want to address this idea of false innocence. I was on the phone the other night with a a childhood friend. And while on the phone with this friend, the conversation began to evolve and it was just general conversation. Everything was smooth, but then it took a turn. And I began to recognize that this friend was taking a, a bit of a, a dark turn, if you would say, in the conversation. It was going that way. I, I can't afford for it to go. Um, and and so this friend immediately, eventually acknowledged that things were progressing in a way they didn't, that it wasn't healthy, it wasn't effective. And for me, it was cool because I, at the time, didn't have any intentions. I didn't have any agenda. I didn't have any objective. I didn't have any problem. So everything with me was fine. And then when I when I got off the phone and the conversation had ended, I was blown away. I was blown away. And what I was blown away by was the fact that God really knocked on my door. He used this experience to point out to me that there are times in our lives where we feel like we're innocent. There's times where we feel like we had no bad intentions. There's times where we feel like I'm a victim or I'm a bystander of someone else's issue. And that comfort that's created by this false innocence leads us to deception. Let me let me give you a deeper glimpse of what I mean. There is a time when I have interacted with this friend and this friend would have a conversation that would go south. I would immediately cut it off 
immediately leave no room open um, and would shut it down instantly. But on this particular night, I didn't I didn't shut it down. I didn't support it. I didn't set the stage for it. I just kind of played along and let it go until they were like, nah, this this ain't cool. And the convicting thing for me was God pointed out to me that there was that time where I would shut those things down and I wouldn't allow that to take place. But now I had drifted so far that even though I wasn't going to pursue anything or do anything, I was going to find personal value in the nature of the conversation. And even though I didn't have any intention to hook up or anything like that, my mind was going to find value in allowing this to go beyond the point it had already gone. And then God began to deal with me. He began to open this thing up and reveal to me that the fact of the matter is I had false innocence. False innocence. The word innocence implies a sense of guiltlessness. A sense of not being a part of the reason for something negative taking place. Not being the key factor, not being the initiator, not being the one who provoked. And oftentimes, this innocence is valued. Innocence is celebrated. Innocence is, um, it's cheered for, it's desired. Unfortunately, this whole concept of innocence oftentimes is deceptive in nature because we give ourselves this false sense of innocence. We take this stance, we take this stone, this tone, we take this position where it wasn't me. I didn't do it. I didn't say it. I didn't go there. I didn't call them. I didn't. And all the while we've been playing the game, waiting for someone else to initiate and hiding the reality that we're really not that innocent. I'm reminded in scripture where David says, you know, creating me a clean heart, oh God, and renewing in me a right spirit. There's another part of that passage that talks about God. Look at me and see what, see if there's anything in me that's not like you. And the problem with a lot of us, myself included, is that we have those areas where we don't mind acknowledging God. I ain't got that straight. But then we have those hidden curtain areas the backstage of our lives, the backstage of our failures, the backstage of our sins, the backstage of our issues, the backstage of our negative thoughts that we don't let anybody know. And in the backstage areas, we give ourselves this sense of comfort, the sense of satisfaction, and the sense of uh, innocence that really is a deceptive tool that the enemy uses to work against us. And so as I spend this time with you today, I really want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to not feed into false innocence. I want to encourage you to not walk around as if everything is a-okay when you know deep down, rooted inside of you, there's some impurities and some imperfections that God needs to work out. I started this whole podcast telling you about my story of me talking to a friend and the conversation went south. We had to move on. I did that because I want to let you know that even I acknowledge I'm flawed. You know, I often hear people say this is just who I am, but uh, I'm reminded that God is the only one who can say I am that I am.
In other words, this is who I am and this is who I'll be. Only God can say that. But the Bible instructs us that we ought to be going from faith to faith and glory to glory. Romans 12 talks about us renewing our mind according to the word of God. So in essence, we ought, we ought to always be growing. But the key factor of growth is number one, acknowledgement of the issue. Some of us have been deceived. Yeah, we've, we, we've been deceived. Yes, we've. And the biggest part of it is it's self-deception. You deceiving me is different. It's, it's, it's not cool. It's not acceptable. But when I deceive myself, there's a different layer of complexity that comes into play that gives a sense of stability to the deception. Because when the deception sounds like me, looks like me, feels like me, has an appetite like I do, it can find itself in a deeper rooted position of hold where the stronghold is affirmed by the fact that it's coming from within. I want to encourage you to be cautious I want to encourage you to be self-aware. I want to encourage you to do some self-assessments and analyze where you are. So after the phone call last night, I spent the entire day going throughout my day wondering, God, where am I falling short? I found myself asking this question, God, like, where, how am I messing up? What am I, what am I not doing? What am I, what, what, what's my issue now? Where do I? need to turn it around? Where do I need to get it together? And so tonight I want to talk through some of this concept. This is just me shooting from the hip. I just believe I want to drop this deposit on you and keep it pushing. But I want you to beware of false innocence. You see, because false innocence is strengthened in that. It has a comforting nature to it, but behind the mask of its comforting nature is a destructive power that leads us in ignorance. It's a destructive power behind the comforting factor that it's cool to be. It's good to be. It's positive to be. It's comfortable to be the one who's not guilty. It's hard to acknowledge when I failed. It's hard to acknowledge when I messed up. It's hard to admit I shouldn't have handled that situation that way. It's hard to admit that I shouldn't have talked to so-and-so that way. I shouldn't have looked at them that way. I shouldn't have said what I said. I shouldn't have yelled when I did. I should have handled my attitude better. I should be giving and sowing more. I should be more committed to to God and to his word. And it's, it's very difficult to acknowledge the flaws and complexities of our lives. But the reality of it is, in order for us to live alive, to have life without limits, we're going to have to tear down the wall of our comfort. And so we can reach beyond that to see the reality of where we are. We have to have a grasp, a sense and awareness of where we really are. God is not sitting there hiding from from us the truth of where we are, but he unveils, he uncovers, he exposes so he can impose in our tragedy and find himself bringing us to health and to wholeness as a result of the exposure. We can't cover up anymore. It reminds me of Adam and Eve in the garden when they realized they were naked and they had sinned. They heard the voice of God walking in the garden. And then what the first what's the first thing they did? They hid themselves and covered themselves in leaves. They covered themselves. They wanted to hide. They wanted to tuck behind. They wanted to get out of the way. They wanted to hide their flaws. But then look at what God does. He takes the skin of an animal and he covers them. And I want to encourage you tonight. 
That when you get over this whole concept of false innocence, you're setting yourself up for real freedom. You're setting yourself up to experience the grace and the power of God in new levels and dimensions that otherwise you would not see here or have. When you walk into the relationship with God and you allow yourself to lay before him exposed and open to say, you know what? I am broken. I am wounded. I am damaged. I've been mishandled. And now I need you, God, to have your way in me. That's why we do what we do when we have these intimate moments with God. It's not about shouting and bucking all over the church while that has its place. It's not about screaming and hollering, God, I worship you while that definitely has its place. It's not about hearing amazing sermons that blow our minds while that has its place. It's really about coming into a place of awareness and awareness leading to a place of change. But in order for that to happen, we have to be aware of our false innocence. Now, what's the danger of false innocence? False innocence can come in many formats, many presentations. And false innocence often wraps itself up in a deceptive covering that would hide the truth from us and leave us vulnerable to that which we cannot see. There's nothing worse than having an, an issue and not even being aware of it. Have you ever have you ever had somebody tap you on your shoulder and say, hey, man, you got something in your nose or, hey, I see a little something in your teeth or, or hey, you your, your shirt is hanging out in the back. I know you got a half tucked in or, hey, your 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 collar is crooked or those those exposing moments are very difficult. But the problem with them is we have developed a dependency on someone else to tell us where we really are. And so here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. We are in the midst of this conversation. And some of us need to be asking God, God, where am I? Where, where am I in your will? Where am I in your plan? Where am I in my destiny? Where am I in my walk with you? Where am I as a parent? Am I really as effective as I think I am? Am I really as loving and tender and patient and strong as I as I think I am? Am I really as, as present as I should be? Am I really as balanced in my life? Am I providing enough? God, we have to ask God the hard questions in order to get over this false innocence because false innocence happens throughout scripture and throughout different ways. Number one, Paul, when he was converted, his first was named Saul. Saul was a Jew who was persecuting Christians because he believed his service to God was to bring down anybody who followed Jesus Christ. And so here it is on the road to Damascus. Jesus presents himself to him and says, why are you persecuting me? Why are you fighting against me? Why are you working against my will? In in Pat's words, why? Why are you countering my plan and my agenda for the expanse of the gospel? Paul, here he was, passionate, focused, consistent and wrong, out of order, destroying those who were loving God. The problem was he had good intentions, but his intentions were founded on ignorance. Wow. He had good intentions, but his intentions were founded on ignorance. One of the reasons why many people struggle with false innocence 
is because they have zeal without information. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to to function and to move and to thrive and to pursue and to chase and go after something without proper information on how to do it effectively. It's dangerous to give a set of keys to a teenager who has not had the proper training to drive. It's dangerous. It's 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 dangerous to give a plug to a uh, a ten year old who does not know who may not know how to plug something in the wall safely or who may not know that the plug is wet and cannot afford to be plugged in at that time or a seven year old who doesn't know. It's dangerous to have zeal and passion without information. That's why Scripture tells us in all that. Getting y'all know it, get an understanding. So, what I have to learn how to do is to get over my good intentions and partner them with information. That's why discernment is so vital. That's why your prayer life is so vital. That's why time with God is so vital because it positions us to not just have inspiration, but we've got to have information. Preachers who are effective in the kingdom of God. Do not simply inspire the people, but they equip and inform the people so that the people can move move into action based on what they're inspired to do and have strategy to walk out the life God has for them. I cannot just be passionate. I've got to be informed. I've got to be reading. I've got to be learning something new. I've got to be studying. I've got to be watching examples of people who have done it before me, or I've got to be seeking God's face because what I'm doing now, nobody else has ever done. And all by getting, getting understanding because ignorance is a platform for false innocence. Ignorance is a platform for false innocence. But not only do we have that biblical example, no, 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 no. We also have Saul who disobeyed God, King Saul who disobeyed God. He was told when facing the Amalekites to kill everything, to not take anything, to not keep anything. But Saul had placed more value in the tangible than in obeying God. One of the reasons why why we fall, and I can't even say people, I must say we, the reason why we fall into false innocence is because we have overvalued things and people and undervalued obedience to God. When I when I value obedience to God more than I value stuff, God can bless me with this stuff and I can be trusted to maintain it because the stuff does not have me. I have the stuff. And the problem with a lot of us is we move into false ignorance because we have put our value in the wrong places. I put my value in people's opinion about me. I put my value in people's perspective of me. I put my value in who who likes me and who sees what I drive and who sees what I got on. And while all that is nice and good, if I put my value in the perspective, opinion and words of people, I am now bound to the ceiling that they create with their words. And what I know about you and me is we cannot afford to have a ceiling over our head that's put in place by people because the ceiling with God is unlimited. And so I've got to learn how to put my value in the right place. King Saul valued stuff over obedience and it led him 
to a sense of false innocence. Not only that, not only that, not only that. In Genesis, there's another picture of false innocence. Here it is, Adam and Eve have eaten of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, disobeyed God. And they hear God, God's spirit, God's presence walking in the garden. They run and they hide from that. which They're now running from what they used to run to. My goodness. So they run and they hide. They cover themselves in leaves. God comes to them. Noticing. He's like, how did you, you don't, how do you even know you're naked? What, what I feel, where, where, where are you, Adam and Eve? I feel a separation between you and me. I'm the God who, who's omniscient. I know everything. So I know where you are right now. So it's not, I'm not asking you, where are you? Because I don't know where you physically are. I'm asking you, where are you? Because I can feel a disconnection between me and you. So as the story goes, as a recording in scripture goes, God then has this conversation with them. And Adam's response was, God, the woman you gave me, oh my goodness, gave me the fruit and I ate it. That screams false innocence. The false innocence in that text happens when we put our decisions in the hands of people rather than allowing God to lead us. False innocence comes because here's the connection. Adam is like, look, God, the one you gave to me. Now it's as if Adam is taking a tone to say, God, the blessing you gave me became my problem and I followed it. But now what Adam has to wake up and do is embrace the idea that it is Adam's fault that Adam disobeyed the will and the word of God. How many of us have found ourselves blaming the blessing for our disobedience to the God who blessed us? How many of us find ourselves blaming our preaching calendar for our absence with our children? How many of us find ourselves blaming our commitment to church for our lax and lazy performance on work? How many of us have found ourselves using the blessing as a basis to disobey the God we serve? And what God is saying is, in order for you to be free, you have to get over the false innocence and begin to position yourself where you have the blessing in its place and you keep the blesser on his throne. The blessing is what we have. The blesser is who gave that which we have to us. The blessing is what we receive from the father. The blesser is the one who gave his son so we can have life and have it more abundantly. And the problem becomes we have learned how to heed the voice of the blessing, but we have forgotten to focus on the word of the blesser. I've got to get there.
I've got to get over this false innocence. I've got to get through this whole dimension and this lifestyle of of denying my own realities because I'm comfortable where I am and I'm finding excuses because God, you blessed me with this. So this is why I can't do that. And, and, And I've got to get over this misplaced value where I value stuff over God. And I've got to get to the place where I have not just good intention, but I have good information because intention and information working together lead to a successful production, but I'm not seeing successful production because I've either got so much zeal and no info, or I've got the info, but I don't have the motivation to apply it and move into success. I've got to get myself together so that I am not living a life stuck with false innocence. And so the question comes for me, God, how did I slip into this pattern where I wouldn't take a firm stance, but I felt justified because I didn't initiate the mess I was dealing with in the moment? How did I, God, God, how did I, how did, how did I get here? And what God said to me very clearly is where we're going to put our pen in and I'm out of your face in a couple minutes. He said, the problem is, you didn't respond to my conviction the right way. Think about it for a second. God is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But he cannot forgive and cleanse that which is not addressed. Therefore, God uses the Holy Spirit, who is our comforter and the spirit of truth to give us truth, to bring illumination in the light of darkness, to highlight sin so that sin can be addressed and we can be free, made possible through the suffering of Jesus Christ as our sacrifice. And so in view of all those connecting elements, we recognize That when conviction enters the room, it is our job to tailor our response to a successful acknowledgement that will move us into repentance and change. The issue isn't an absence of conviction. The issue is how we responded to the conviction. The issue isn't the issue isn't knowing, not knowing right from wrong. The issue is how do we adjust when we recognize we're in the wrong? You may be saying, well, well, you got to show me this in scripture. Let me show you in scripture. My boy, David, y'all know this story. My boy, David and Bathsheba. David, number one, was out of place as a king because he was this was the time when the kings were at war. And in this biblical time, in this time frame, when a nation was at war, the king was warring with them. The king was a fighter. David was a fighter. David was such a fighter, he could not build the temple that he desired to build the dwelling place of God because his hands were too bloody. So David was a fighter. He was he was meant to be a fighter. That was God's intention and plan. And so as the as as the, the story progresses, David is number one. He's out of place. He's out of place and out of position. When he's out of place and out of position, he encounters something that he should not see. And that begins to lead into a drawn on his flesh and his lusts are arisen. He goes and he sends for Bathsheba. Bathsheba comes. He sleeps with her being she is some other man's husband and uh, 
and while David is sleeping with her, uh, he finds out uh, that he needs to address this thing. And in verse, I think it's Second uh, Samuel chapter number eleven, verse number four, David sends for Uriah, her husband, and tells him to come lay with her so he can cover up his sin. Here's the issue between the window of David recognizing he messed up and choosing to get Uriah to cover up his mess up, David experienced conviction. The scripture does not blatantly point it out. The scripture does not blatantly say God said, but what I do understand is I can gather and extract from the scripture that the reason why David wanted to cover up what he did was because he recognized he was wrong. David recognized, he recognized, he recognized he was out of pocket. He recognized he had strayed, he had shifted. And so instead of responding to the conviction with correction, David responded to the conviction with a cover up. And I want to challenge you on today as you're listening to this very personal and transparent podcast. Have you, I want to ask you, have you ever found yourself in the middle of a cover up? Have you ever found yourself getting conviction, convicting words or getting a word of knowledge from somebody or getting a phone call that highlights the issue that is going on in your life? And have you ever found yourself submitting to the urge to cover it rather than expose it to get it addressed? I want to encourage you that in order for you to live alive, to have life without limits, you've got to embrace the conviction of God and know how to respond. Are you going to be like David and try to cover up what you have have done wrong? Are you going to be like Adam and make excuses about God blessing you and the blessing being the very thing that deterred and distracted you? Are you going to be like Paul and allow good intentions without uh, revelation and information to lead you to destroy the very thing God ordained you to build up? Are you going to be like King Saul and disobey God because you overvalue things and stuff and people above the God who has desired you are you going to be like David again and overvalue the blessing and forget and to obey the blesser? Where are you going to be? It's a question you got to ask yourself. It's a question I have to ask myself. It's a question God has me asking today as I'm going through this walk, as I'm going through this journey of correction and realignment and being pleasing and healing and restoration in my own walk with God. God is calling out some things that I have denied were even there. So I want to encourage you. That's what I want to do. Yes. Yes. I want to encourage. I want to encourage you to embrace the difficulty of God's correction, but know how to properly respond. And I want to be like David and say, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew within me a right spirit. God, if you do anything, don't take your presence from me. Don't don't take your spirit from me. God, I need you. So I'm going to say, wash me, cleanse me, purge me, make me new. My brothers and my sisters, I encourage you. As you listen to this podcast, to recognize if you are really dabbling in false innocence, are you dabbling in disobedient behavior, but you feel justified because somebody hurt you that led you here? Are you dabbling in rebellion and you find yourself comfortable in that place because it's a sense of satisfaction for your urge for vengeance? And since God has not struck the person down who hurt you, you ought to get your chance to hurt them. I don't I don't know what your stuff is. I don't know what 
your behavior is. I don't know what your decision is, but I will tell you this. That whenever you deal with false innocence and you address it, God can work with that in a way that it can turn and work in your favor. But when you rebel against the revelation of where you really are, you are putting yourself on a platform for exposure. Heed the word of the Lord. Catch, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch it, catch your chance to recognize where you are. Catch your chance to recognize where you messed up. But allow yourself to be made free by the blood of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Father, I thank you for my brothers and my sisters on this podcast. God, I thank you that I acknowledge I've had some false innocence, some moments where I felt exempt from guilt, but yet all the while I had just created systematic fortresses in my mind that would allow me to deceive myself into believing I was not wrong. Father, we pray on tonight, God, that you will forgive us for living the lie. God, forgive us for having this internal guilt that we smothered in justifications and reasonings that made it seem okay to do and be out of order with you. Father, we pray that you forgive us, God, as you expose every, every plan, every, every strategy of the enemy, every, every, every demonic presence, as you, expo- as you expand and expose all the traps of the enemy. God, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would just help us to walk in your truth. No more lies, God. No more deception, God. No more justification, God. No more hiding behind. No more illusions. No more fake smiles. No more fake hugs. No more fake existence. But God, free us today. Free us, God. So we are not bound by these false innocence that would try to arrest our purpose and hold our relationship with you captive in a place of complacency because we choose not to see what your spirit has been trying to reveal all this time. We speak blessing and life over your people, God. We pray that you touch them and give them strength. Expose that which you have to expose and set them free by the blood of the lamb. We'll give you glory. We'll give you honor. And we'll give you praise. Amen. My brothers and my sisters, y'all be encouraged. I'm getting up out of your way, but I wanted you to know that God has a plan for you. And in order for you to live alive, in order for you to live life without limits and not be hindered and experience the abundance of John 10, 10, you have to deal with these false innocence. You have to embrace some guilt and move forward in the health and healing of our God. All right, y'all take care. Till next time, y'all live alive family we appreciate your support on the podcast and we pray that you've been challenged and blessed by your time with us today now remember god's plan for you is abundance so refuse to settle for less and until next time keep living